Good morning, everyone. Welcome to my show. Welcome to Partners in Health and Biz. And yes, I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. We are broadcasting and podcasting from our Columbia, Maryland studio. And this is a wonderful, beautiful, fantastic day. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. So hopefully you're in good health and you've been following some of the suggestions that I have made as your um, health and wellness consultant. And I'm so very happy to be able to share with you today on today's show. And the topic of today's show is vitamin D, what you need to know. Vitamin D is the sunshine vitamin. Yes, it supports hundreds of processes in our bodies. And you, during this show, will learn why you may need more of it than you think. That's right. So let's uh, just tread back a little bit to the beginning. When vitamin D was discovered in the early 20th century, it was considered a breakthrough. Public health officials armed with the new knowledge that the vitamin helps the body absorb calcium. And this led the charge against rickets, a crippling bone disease that reached epidemic levels among infants and children in industrialized northern cities in the United States and Europe. So based on the emerging research, doctors began recommending sunshine and cod liver oil for bone health. Uh, how many of you remember as a young child or young adult, our parents giving us the cod liver oil? It uh, was a nasty, horrible thing, but we had to take it. It was part of our vitamin regimen and our parents wanted us to stay healthy. So this cod liver oil was given for, for bone health, while many food and drink manufacturers started fortifying their products, milk, hot dogs, even beer with vitamin D. Can you believe it? Well, since then, the medical establishment has gone back and forth on its vitamin D recommendations. In the 1950s, British health officials blamed an outbreak of hyperclassemia or too much circulating calcium in the body on diets over rich in D, though they never prove casualty. Several European countries sub subsequently banned vitamin D fortified foods altogether. And since it takes relatively little D to keep, to keep rickets at bay, physicians largely stopped promoting it. In the 20 in the 20 hundreds the attitude toward vitamin d shifted again in light of the vast body of research demonstrating its vital role in overall health studies show that the sunshine vitamin triggers the expression of more than 200 health supporting genes that's right and additional studies suggested that vitamin D has a protective effect against chronic condi conditions such as cancer, osteosporosis, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, asthma, and neurodegenerative disease. That's right. 
and vitamin D's role in calcium level maintenance or bone health is the one we've known about the longest, explains nutritionist science and scientist Chris Masterjohn. He's a PhD. He said, we now have increasing evidence that it regulates hundreds of other processes in the body. So what happened? Well, people flocked back to vitamin D and many doctors began recommending higher doses. Then in 2010, the Food and Nutrition Board of the Institute of Medicine the nonprofit, non-governmental organization now known as the National Academy of Medicine, or NOM, which sets dietary guidelines, recommended vitamin D levels far below those advised by researchers. Their suggestions considered serum blood levels above 20 NGML, or nanograms per, milli per milliliter, to be adequate. Many clinicians and health organizations, including, including the Endocrine Society, argued for recommendations of 30 uh, nanograms per milliliter or more. This left health-conscious consumers confused about which advice to trust. And I know there's so much uh, information going back and forth. Do this. Don't do this, right? and how to ensure their own vitamin D levels are high enough for opt optimum, optimal health. I know my dad, for instance, he suspected that his vitamin D level was low, even though his doctors did not tell him, but he reads, which is good. We all should be reading and doing our own research. So he had read about some of the side effects of not getting enough vitamin D and how it makes you feel. He had read also that vitamin D is the sunshine vitamin. So he went to his doctor and said, doctor, I need you to test me for my vitamin D levels. And his doctor was like, why do you think your vitamin D levels are low? And he says, well, I just, could you please test me? So sure enough, his doctors ran a lab test on and it came back that he was very low in vitamin D. And so they started to, um, he started to supplement with additional vitamin D. So um, to help clear up the confusion, we asked several leading experts to answer six common questions about this essential nutrient. And what do you think they said? First of all, we asked, what is vitamin D and why is it important? So vitamin D is a nutrient that we suggest we ingest from food or a supplement and our bodies synthesize from sunshine. Skin contains a precursor molecule that is transformed into vitamin D when exposed to UVB rays. Now, once active in the body, vitamin E, D becomes raw material for making the hormone calcitriol, which supports calcium and phosphorus absorption and bone health. In fact, virtually every cell and tissue in your body has D receptors, including cells in the human in the immune system. Research suggests that vitamin D deficiency may be one reason people get more colds and flu in the winter when it's difficult for the body to get enough sunshine 
to make some sufficient vitamin D. And that's why I always take my vitamin D every day, no matter if it's the summertime or the wintertime, spring or fall. And especially if you're, you've been locked in during the pandemic, <laughs> most of us haven't been out like we used to before the pandemic, before the coronavirus. And of course, if your vitamin D is low, then not only are your chances of getting a cold or the flu more prevalent, also your chances of contracting the coronavirus, COVID-19 is more, um, you're more susceptible to con contracting that as well. So we need to watch our vitamin D levels um, and we need to be taking additional vitamin D. So the vitamin, vitamins immune boosting power, vitamin D, may also help explain the protective relationship between sufficient D levels and reduced risk of cancer, specifically colon cancer. Yes, as you've heard, many people have had colon cancer and if it's caught in time, you will be fine. But others uh, have you know, had colon cancer and it had progressed to stage three or stage four and they weren't so blessed to be still here. But inadequate vitamin D is also associated with an increased risk for autoimmune diseases and cardiovascular issues. D deficiency is associated with a 50% increased risk of myocardial infarction, as well as a higher chance of hypertension, congestive heart failure, and peripheral vascular disease. Wow, wow, wow. So now you know. Healthy D levels may also tamp down systemic inflammation. Research published in the Journal of Immunology in 2012 found that vitamin D turns on a gene that interferes with the inflammatory response. In addition, vitamin D has been associated with improved sleep and mood as well as oral health and muscle maintenance. So who wouldn't want to be taking their vitamin D on a regular basis? Many of my listeners Many of you are, have experienced uh, sleep deprivation, your uh, sleep apnea, insomnia, your moods are going up and down. Uh, some of this is related to uh, menstrual uh, uh, cycles in women, um, premenstrual syn syndrome, um, menstruation, menopause, postmenopause, and then the oral health, you must be aware of your oral health and make sure that your gums are healthy so that you don't get gum disease. So vitamin D can help with all of these things. So let's move on to the next question. Is vitamin D deficiency really a problem these days? Okay, well, the Endocrine Society recommends a minimum vitamin D blood level of 30 NGML and between 40 and 60 NGML for optimal health. The Institute for Functional Medicine, IFM, 
which promotes an integrative medical model, advises 30 between 50 and 80 NG slash ML. So based on the endocrine society thresholds, an estimated 70% of the world's population is D deficient. Can you believe it? 70% of the world's population is deficient in vitamin D. This includes people living where sunshine is plentiful year round, says P. Michael Stone. He is an MD, a family physician in Ashland, Oregon, and IFM faculty member. Experts point to a myriad of factors that might help explain the widespread deficiency. The amount of time we spend indoors, liberal use of sunscreen, which hinders desynthesis, and rising rates of obesity, which correlates with low D levels, though experts aren't entirely clear why. So compromised gut function may also play a role. Chronic conditions such as celiac disease, Crohn's disease, and chronic pancreatitis affect digestion and reduce vitamin D absorption from food. How many of you experienced that? Have any of those conditions? Um, well, the pancreas, chronic pancreatitis, Crohn's disease, digestive issues, many of you suffering are suffering from those. Certain medications, including laxatives and cholesterol-lowering medicines, may also contribute to vitamin D deficiency. Ultimately, a combination of all these factors could reduce vitamin D absorption, and it may involve unknown mechanisms and processes. I think we'll know a lot more about vitamin D metabolism and deficiency in the coming years, says functional medicine practitioner Frank Lipman, MD. Uh, Frank Lipton says that this is a problem. But we will be learning more as the years go by. So what was the next question that we asked? Should I have my vitamin D level tested? Yes, that's a good question. And the answer is yes. You can't look at a person and know his or her vitamin D level, explains internal medicine practitioner and vitamin D researcher. That's Gregory Planitoff. Planik. Planikoff. He said, just like with cholesterol or thyroid assessments, actually getting a blood measurement is necessary. So when you go for your yearly exam, your physical, if you have any doubts, or if it's just best to go ahead on and have them tested, they're all have your vitamin D levels tested. They're already going to be running blood tests. So they can just add vitamin D to the list of other tests that they're running. Vitamin D affects multiple systems in the body in some not so obvious ways. For instance, it plays an influential role in the tightly choreographed dance of your body's master hormones, including thyroid hormones, cortisol, insulin, and calcitriol. You have to be careful, uh, according to San Francisco-based functional medicine practitioner Tiff Tiffany Lester, uh, Dr. Tiffany Lester, 
Dr. Lester says, if vitamin D is too low, it can affect hormone levels like cortisol and thyroid. Too high levels can also throw off all the others. Insufficient or excessive levels of vitamin D can contribute to nonspecific symptoms that may be attributed to other health concerns. Symptoms of vitamin D deficiency, for example, can include migraines, muscle pain, joint and back pain, depression, allergies, and inflammation. Low vitamin D status is not 100% casual these days, but is not 100% casual of these problems, but it can play a role, according to Dr. Stone. Anywhere there are inflammation control problems, consider D adequacy. Excessive levels of fat-soluble vitamin D, on the other hand, can bioaccumulate in your body. Unlike water-soluble vitamin D, a vitamin C, I should say, and in extreme cases may lead to hypercalcemia. Although rare, this can cause poor appetite, nausea, vomiting, frequent urination, and kidney problems. So our next question and our next answer, how is vitamin D measured and how often should you test? Well, the common measure of active vitamin D in the bloodstream is called 25-hydroxyvitamin D or 25-OHD. Your doctor can order a lab insurance often covers the cost during an annual physical or you can purchase a test through a direct to consumer lab for around $60 of course of course uh, any nutrients reference range which healthcare practitioners use to compare and interpret nutrient levels is based on averages a more personalized way of learning whether you have okay uh, a more personalized way of learning whether you have sufficient circulating D is to measure your pyrothyroid hormone PTH levels says Master John your pyrothyroid glands sit near the thyroid and release PTH which helps regulate calcium levels. If you're deficient in vitamin D, your pyrothyroid will release more PTH to help increase blood levels of calcium and initiate the activation of D into calcitriol. If your PTH levels are high, you are likely not getting enough vitamin D. If, okay, so apparently for some reason, this okay we're still recording but it didn't <laughs> i apologize i look like uh we had stopped recording but but um i'm still recording um so if you're deficient in vitamin d your pyrothyroid will release more pth to help increase blood levels of calcium and initiate the activation of d into calcitrol if your pth levels are high you are likely not getting enough vitamin d if PTH levels are low or maximally suppressed, you likely have adequate D. 
when you get your 25 OHD measured, the reference range you're measured against makes an inference about your PTH, explains Dr. Master John. But since we know that different people have different needs, we want to look at whether your PTH is maximally suppressed because you might be different from the average. Whichever test you choose, experts recommend monitoring vitamin D regularly as levels fluctuate with nutrition and sunlight exposure. Get tested every year, ideally every six months, excuse me, depending on where you live. According to Sydney Lockhart, she's a registered um, dietitian national she's a national nutrition program manager for lifetime medical she notes that people in northern latitudes might be at higher risk due to less year-round sunshine okay so what is the next question that you want to know what is the next question that you want to get answers for how can you boost your vitamin d levels Well, the easiest way to get out is to get outside, yes, and let the sun do its work. Keep in mind that the amount of sun exposure it takes for your body to synthesize vitamin D depends on skin tone. Yes, yes, those with fair skin may need a little, as little as 10 to 15 minutes of direct unprotected sun exposure on a summer day to make several thousand international units. IUs are used to measure many nutrients. For those with darker skins, it can take up to two hours. You can get your vitamin D through food. Key whole food sources include cod liver oil, which delivers 1,360 IUs per tablespoon, fatty fish like canned salmon, sardines, and mackerel, 350 to 920 IUs per serving and eggs, 48 IUs per per egg. Dr. Michael Hollick, PhD of Boston, and he's an MD and PhD, you go Michael Hollick, of Boston University of Medicine offers this guideline. When your status is above 20 NGML every 100 units, you ingest raises your status 0.6 to 1 nanogram per millimeter. We did a study that showed that in healthy adults who had an average status of 18 NGML or 1,000 IUs per day, raised their levels to 28 NGML for three months. Because food delivers relatively little vitamin D, and many people can't get adequate levels from sunshine, supplementing is an important strategy. Whether you live in Saudi, whether you live in Saudi Arabia or Brazil or Sweden, you can't make D before 8 a.m. and after 4 p.m., Hollick says. So supplement wisely. Stone notes that vitamin D from sun stays in the body for only listen to this, only 24 to 48 hours. D from food and supplements stays just 12 to 24 hours. So it's important to get D every day. Yes. So why don't we get out and get some sunshine? That's the first, um, the first 
topic of business. That's the first business that we should take care of. Now, question number six, can you get too much vitamin D? And the answer is yes, but it's rare. He, um, according to Dr. Lockhart, he says, I've been in practice for 26 years and I could count on one hand the number of people who've had vitamin D levels higher than the reference range. In the few situations in which Lockhart has found toxicity, it has been due to other medical issues. In the cases I've seen, the individuals had deeper issues with parathyroid or liver, she says, noting that these patients were not over supplementing. While the IFM optimal range uses 80 NGML as the upper limit, some functional and integrative practitioners wave a cautionary flag at 70 NGML. Levels over 90 NGML are considered toxic territory, but even regular high doses of D are unlikely to push most people into the danger zone. Most adults can take 5,000 to 10,000 IUs per day for six months and not have adverse effects, according to Dr. Stone. Individuals with sarcoidosis Tuberculosis, Lyme disease, lymphoma, or kidney disease, however, should supplement carefully. Test regularly and and consult with a clinician. Too much vitamin D can put them at increased risk for dangerously high blood calcium levels. So, is your vitamin D level, is your vitamin D level, um, Are they low? If your vitamin D levels are low and you can't safely or sufficiently raise them with whole foods or sunshine, taking a supplement can help. Vitamin D replenishment represents the single most cost-effective thing we can do in medicine to boost baseline health, according to Dr. Plotnikoff. Here are a few guidelines. Know your levels. The Institute for Functional Medicine recommends the following supplement dose dose based on measured blood levels of vitamin D. Retest in three to six months. If your numbers have improved, lower your dose accordingly. If not, ask your doctor about testing for genetic polymorphisms that may slow or inhibit your body's ability to convert vitamin D. So, Choose vitamin D3 when you're looking for a vitamin. You want vitamin D3. A lot of people are prescribed D2, says Tiffany Lester, MD, referring to a synthetic version of the nutrient called erogocalciferol. This is not the most bioavailable form. D3 is 85% more effective in raising blood levels of vitamin D. So look for vitamin D3 and take vitamin D3. Also take vitamin K2. Vitamins D3 and K2 work together to strengthen bones, explains Lester. Adding that high doses of vitamin D on its own can deplete vitamin K2 in the body. When taking D, it's also important to get adequate amounts of magnesium to ensure you can absorb calcium efficiently 
or effectively. Next, try liquid forms. If you don't like swallowing pills or you're trying to get children to take vitamin D, try sublingual or liquid D. It's just as effective according to Dr. Stone. And finally, eat healthy fats. Vitamin D is fat soluble, which means it requires dietary fat to be absorbed by the body. A great source is fatty fish, such as the salmon and the sardines, which also delivers vitamin E. A vitamin D, I'm sorry. It's all about the vitamin D. So um, you can supplement with uh, 10,000 IUs a day. 8,000 IUs a day, 5,000 IUs a day, or 2,000 IUs a day. So the minimum would be 2,000 IUs a day. The maximum would be 10,000 IUs a day. I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride. We're just about at the end of the show. I certainly hope you have enjoyed this show. Tune in next Saturday. And uh, the topic is foods to eat for better sleep. And uh, email me, goldenvoicesunlimited at gmail.com, goldenvoicesunlimited at gmail.com. Until next Saturday, stay stay healthy and business savvy. Ta-ta for now.